The strong wind was howling and whistling. He was the first Chinese citizen to graduate from Yale University in the mid-19th century. I was born on the 17th of November. She had prominent features. Three of us were old enough to lend a helping hand. He navigated between two vastly different cultures and moved further to realize his dream and promote understanding between the people of China and the United States. Ye Mingxing was a native of Hanyang. I realized no danger. China is really awakening. Come and join us in discovering the incredible journey of Yong Wang in his autobiography, My Life in China and America. Check out the audible stories on radio.cgtn.com and all major podcast platforms. Just search for the podcast Books and Beyond and find My Life in China and America. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable coming to you from Beijing. I'm Lai Ming. Coming up on today's show, China's installed capacity for renewable energy has surpassed that of coal-fired power plants. How much will this affect our lives and contribute to worldwide efforts against climate change? China's cyberspace watchdog is collecting public opinions on a draft rule restricting the use of facial recognition technology. The proposed regulation, once passed, will require individual consent and a specific purpose for such technology to be applied in real-life situations. What are your opinions on our topics of the day? Share your thoughts with us in an email to ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com and be part of our conversation. Now on Roundtable, let's talk renewable energy. For this discussion, I'm joined by Neil Holling and Paul. We begin by the latest development uh, in uh, re- renewable energy. It seems that uh, we have been gaining grounds in making sure that uh, we have enough capacity, well, more and more capacity to produce renewable energy that is friendly to the environment. Precisely. Actually, according to a report by Domestic Media Science Technology Daily on July the 31st, the National Energy Administration provided updates on the energy situation in the first half of the year and the progress of renewable energy development. According to the data, by the end of June, the installed capacity of renewable energy reached about 1.32 billion kilowatts, surging 18.2% compared with the same period last year, accounting for approximately 49% of the total installed capacity in the country. The data indicates that the current total installed power generation capacity nationwide has reached 2.7 billion kilowatts, with a year-on-year growth of 10.8%. And that being said, basically we're saying here with the, the idea of installed capacity means that we have the equipment, the mm-hmm. um, energy pa- plant power plants that the renewable energy co- installed capacity has surpassed to the traditional ones, the rather dirty ones, the fossil fuel ones. And that being said, actually, because China do have a plan to achieve peak carbon dioxide emissions before 2030 and carbon neutrality by 2060. And with this milestone, I think we're just one step closer to our great goal. Mm -hmm. China is not exactly very rich in uh, or other forms of energy previously. I mean, we have we, we, there is abundant supply of, of solar and wind energy in western and, and north part of the country, but we haven't 
been using it a lot prior to our decision to really uh, go green. And so, uh, as such, in historically, uh, coal fire plants have been the mainstay of power generation here in this country. And in fact, uh, we know that coal fire plants they are, are a major contributor to carbon emissions. Uh, almost more than thirty percent of carbon emissions come from coal fire plants uh, and generating electricity in this regard. So it makes a lot of sense for us to try and uh, build extra forms of power generation to try and. Uh, dilute, or if not replace in the future, uh, the capacity um, provided by uh, well, coal fire plants. Right. So, and uh, what what are we talking about when it comes to renewable energy? I mean, we have somehow touched upon coal and and wind and solar. And, and Paul, what would be your understanding of renewable energy? I mean, how how do we understand the term renew? Well, we can look at、uh, what the United Nations says、uh, or defines how it defines it. So, first of all, will, we look at what is renewable energy. Well, renewable energy is any form of energy that is from natural sources, and、uh, those natural sources that are replenished at a higher rate than they are consumed. So, we look at、uh, sunlight and wind, for example.、Uh, those are uh, uh, sources that we get. Constantly,、uh, especially nowadays with climate change, a lot、mm. of、uh, areas or countries around the world they have、uh, they are suffering from heat. I think that that means that we do have sunlight that is available at this time, even though it's a bad thing that people are suffering from heat. But、uh, maybe you can repurpose or try to find some uses for that, maybe especially that,、yes. especially when people are trying to actually make use of、uh, our sunlight that is out there. We could、uh, repurpose that and and see if we cannot really capture that. Energy that、mm. is out there.、Um, that's where storage, energy storages, they are important, and、uh, they are technologies that are being developed to ensure that, you know, since wind and、uh, especially solar, they are very erratic.、Um, so we need to have more energy storage facilities so that we keep those in times of,、uh, say, when we don't have enough sunlight out there or enough.、Uh, Kinetic energy、um, to generate、um, power for our societies,、uh, because with that,、um, I guess, unstable supply, we do suffer from blackouts and so on. So, for us to be able to avoid those situations, we need to build,、um, I guess, facilities that will capture and store the energy for us. And so, yeah, those are the types of uh, any uh, sources that we have right now. Uh, I mentioned with energy as well as solar.、Um, there are other.、Uh, I mean, now we look at w- what are we moving away from. We are trying to move away from fossil fuels,、mm-hmm. which is your coal, oil, and gas. On the other hand, and、um, these are non-renewable resources that are hundreds of millions of years. You know, it takes for them to form. When you think about fossil fuel, it's building one, I guess, fossil on top of another to create that thick, a、uh, very useful energy.、Uh, I guess、uh, that fossil that is full of energy that is so reliable in many parts of the country,、uh, the world, which is coal, for instance.、Um, South Africa is one of the、uh, biggest.、Uh, 
I guess, major co-producers when it comes to uh, Africa. Um, I don't know where we stand in terms of uh, the world itself. But yeah, so we're trying to move away from those. And it, so we don't, if we run out of fossil fuel, we don't have another hundred years or mm. centuries Hundreds of millions of years of geological and chemical <laughs> reactions to produce you fossil know? fuel. So we might as well, uh, I guess, um, hasten our move towards uh, clean energy. Uh, it's clean and uh, it will be there for, I guess, generations. Totally. So why not make the move? You yeah. Know? And on top of what Poro has just mentioned, actually geothermal energy is another way or another means, uh, um, another source of renewable energy. And there's hydropower, ocean energy, bioenergy as well. And um, still, actually, when it comes to renewable energy, I feel like the most effective and the one that we usually like to go for is still what Poro has said, the solar power mm -hmm. and also wind power and which is why we have a little bit extra information on that. Actually hydropower uh, is mainly concentrated in the southwest central China and northwest region with Sichuan Yunnan leading the production and wind power is mainly concentrated in the north, northwest and east regions with Inner Mongolia leading the way. And all these are not only due to the natural resources situation, mm -hmm. but also the um, geological condition that are somehow helping and also hindering our construction of such power plants. What do you mean? Um, well, I can understand the part about contributing, but what do you mean by hindering the construction of power plants? Um, for example, when we talk about wind power, we think everywhere where wind blows, we would be able to construct certain kind of facilities mm -hmm. to um, to seize that power. But the real situation is not that simple. First of all, you need to make sure your facility would be able to fight against the power the wind created because the wind would also, um, let's say, in certain kind of form, grind the facilities and also, let's say, hurt the stability of the facilities. So a too powerful wind might not be the places we want to install a wind power plant. Right. And also a stable kind of wind would be a nicer choice. So I feel like the um, real natural condition is not as easy as we imagine. A lot of researchers research has to be conducted. Right. In fact, uh, if you were to install well, a set of or a batch of wind turbines at a certain location, oftentimes you have to do a very thorough meteorological study of the region. Sometimes the research could go on for years to find out whether there are unfavorable conditions in that location to prevent uh, or that would jeopardize the health of the wind turbine. So you can't really have two strong winds in a region because um, these materials, the wind turbines, are built of high-tech fiber, glass, and then steel. So they have to withstand, be able to withstand the strong winds. So there's a certain level of requirements that's, that uh, these materials will have to meet uh, and all these uh, locations will have to meet in order to benefit uh, the region in terms of wind energy. So, Pearl, you mentioned something about moving away from um, coal fire and fossil fuel. Is, it, is this the same thing that's going on in your country, South Africa? I mean, from what I can tell, I mean, this is a global initiative to try and limit uh, the rise of temperature in the world uh, from within two degrees Celsius from pre-industrial levels. 
Yeah, I mean, we can see right now the impacts of climate change. Um, we have wildfires all yeah. over. We have uh, rainstorms and so on. And uh, we just saw in uh, Hawaii, 93 people died in uh, wildfires that uh, were burning or raging uh, last week on uh, islands uh, that belong to ha- or are part of Hawaii. And it's just horrific what happened over there. But um, in South Africa, we are we do have a strategy and a national plan to make the transition. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said earlier, we are one of the major coal producers uh, in uh, in the world or in Africa, and so the challenge that the government has, as well as other developing countries have, is that we don't have um, the infrastructure as well as the funding to shift to make the transition first of all and then another issue is that uh, a lot of the smaller country or developing countries the challenge that they face is that i mean we have countries that are developed like the us and the uk and so on they've used up all the coal they needed to use to power their industries you know they, in went history. The, they went through the industrial revolution. Right. That's why they are where they are in terms of development. Now, the countries that produce less carbon emissions, they are now asked to sacrifice and uh, just quicken their pace and be on par with those countries in terms of you know transitioning into cleaner energy. But then it means that their development plans will be lagging behind as yeah. well as their economies. Because when you look at what um, renewable energy can do compared to what coal can do, coal is cheaper, first of all. That's why it's more reliable. More countries uh, rely on coal and uh, industries uh, they would rather use coal to power themselves so that they can generate uh, and push and drive economies in countries. So it makes sense why they lean towards that. But if there are not enough incentives for these countries to make the transition uh, while they are still able to support their economies and their de- uh, economic uh, development agendas and social development agendas, then uh, it, it makes the process slower. Because when you look at um, what uh, COP, we're going towards uh, COP, I think is it COP28 in Dubai, which is the climate change uh, discussions that take place at UN level. You look at uh, the commitments that were made by rich countries to uh, poor countries in twenty back in twenty oh nine. What they said that was COP fifteen. What they committed to was to make available one hundred billion US dollars uh, to support developing countries per year, 100 billion US dollars per year to support developing countries in their transition. And um, so far, since 2009, they have not even met that, um, um, I guess, that goal once. In 2022, they were short of the goal by 17 billion US dollars. And so there is continuously this wrangling between um, richer countries who are demanding or who are expecting developing countries to go get on the train in terms of uh, making the transition from uh, uh, fossil fuel uh, to you know cleaner energy, but there's no incentive for the poor countries who still lag behind in, in a lot of uh, infrastructure. I mean, the power grids, the 
they don't they're not to the scale that can actually support this transition in the first place they can't even do supply energy to most of their country or to the like especially very poor countries they cannot uh, supply energy uh, to all of uh, their population and so it, it, there's a lot that still needs to be done to encourage countries south africa right now coming from uh, egypt the 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 climate change talks in Egypt last year, as we look forward now in December to Dubai, was it Dubai? If I'm not mistaken, it's Dubai, but it is in the Middle East, the talks this year. Um, there were, there, there were still reluctance, there was still reluctance from the part of uh, developing or developed countries to make the funding available. Because also another thing is that what developing countries are demanding is that they need to be compensated. They don't pollute that much, yet they suffer the worst. They get they they feel the brunt of uh, you know the carbon emissions that are coming out from elsewhere. I mean the island nations in the Pacific Ocean right. they are almost underwater. Mm. So you need those countries. You need to support those countries to ensure that they survive this uh, climate change. And uh, if you require them to make the transition from uh, coal to uh, cleaner energy how are you helping them you know you need to help them and so south africa has uh, had uh, a, a a strategy or a plan with uh, the european countries that uh, uh, makes available funds for south africa to switch from coal to uh, uh, to cleaner energy the government is willing to do that but also our politics in the country there are people who are pulling on another <laughs> direction because right. they feel it's going to, uh, I guess, hinder our development if we make that quick switch. But if you look at again in Europe, in Europe, European countries are now reverting back to coal <laughs> because of what is going the global, you know, situation that is happening geopolitics. So it, it it's a mix. It's it's a, it's a complicated situation. Yeah, it's a right, confusing. I agree. We assess we 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 are sending one message, yet we're doing something different. I think sure. that is a really good point. And on top of that, even when China is this committed, we have this thirty sixty. Uh, goal right there, and we are doing our part. Actually, steel energy safety is one of the priorities here. We need to make sure people are using the energy that they deserve, that they need, and that is why I'm making the shift, like Pearl said, from coal from fossil fuel to cleaner energy is quite hard, especially when it comes to you need to make changes and adjustments to the energy system. You need to make sure to upgrade the grid. You need to transfer the power you generated from the maybe uh, west part of the country and then send the electricity to the east part. And all that takes technology, takes commitment, takes, like Pearl said, uh, monetary incentives. And that is what we're trying to do here. And I feel like the installed capacity improvement is a milestone or an indicator that we're, you know, on that way. It's certainly not ideal to see uh, uh, the problems that uh, Paul just underlined for us and what's going on uh, at the uh, conference uh, on parties uh, to discuss climate change. But certainly, if you want to be realistic, in the past few decades, I mean, we only started talking about climate change in the past few decades, starting from perhaps the 1970s. And then the UN came up with this uh, mechanism to discuss and, and also push for real 
progress in this regard. And uh, um, certainly, we are not there yet when it comes to all kinds of agreements. Uh, the difference between developed countries and developing countries, the rights to develop, and also uh, differentiated responsibilities. They are all very important discussions. But it's nice to have a mecha- mechanism already there. And I have to say that when it comes to climate change, money. Monetary fund or funds obviously is a very important factor here. It's really what what matters in in expansion of facilities that will push ahead to the technology. But meanwhile, the te- technology per se is also rather important. And, and this this again uh, comes 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 back to the regional differences or the country differences that we are facing. Like each country will have to find their own path to their own path. On path to carbon neutrality here in China, we, uh, like New Holland said earlier, we have uh, a unique uh, endowment when it comes to re- renewable energy. Uh, is scattered in different parts of the country, and and such we have to negotiate uh, this regional disparity and uh, through technology. And what are the Uh, potential uh, effective technologies that we are currently developing, or in fact leveraging, to help us achieve that goal. Well, actually, basically, what we're trying to do here is to make the power system more flexible, more digitalized, and more intelligent. When it comes to flexible, it means we are able to adjust between the peak hours and also the time when the power is not that direly in need. And also, when it comes to digitalization, we're trying to make sure. We have a、uh, central system that would count different places' power demand, so that we can make adjustments between these two, these different places. We touched upon this in our discussion about virtual power generators. I、right? love virtual power <laughs> plant. It feels like I can be a part of the country's grid. It, I can be a part of the country's power saving system, and my new energy car would act like a power bank for my country. That sounds. So cool! And actually, when it comes to technology, another example I'd really like to mention is that before 2018, China has to waste more than 10 percent of the、uh, power generated by solar, by wind, and by hydropower plants because we are not able to transfer that capacity, that amount of energy into the energy we're actually using, and that is due to not. Um, let's say up to demand technology, but actually now,、uh, even if these years we have been continuing, let's say building the power plants and building different facilities and reaching this installed capacity today, actually that waste percent is lower than five percent for several years already. So we see technology really is very important in this regard.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, well, we to stay with the topic of、uh, country. Differences or、uh, differentiated responsibilities. Here in China, we are making strides when it comes to the pursuit of renewable energy and installing them. But in the meantime, we are also, in fact, earlier this year, we built more、uh, coal-fired power plants than than we have been doing in the year 2021, according to some reports. And this is because we are not there yet in terms of completely ditching. Uh, the technology behind coal fire plants and China. Before we made this commitment to carbon neutrality, we have、uh, relied heavily on coal fire, fire coal fire power plants, and as a result, we were actually rather advanced in this regard in terms of technology, and we are heavily invested in this、uh, prior to this. And as such,、uh, in China's case, it really takes a long time. 
well, takes a bit of time to really uh, make that shift. And yeah. um, for some, for a historical period of time, we still need to rely on coal-fired power plants for for yeah, to just to for the safety and security of the of the state grid. Yeah, even though China has built these new plants, uh, coal plants. The world is recognizing the strides that China has made, the gains that have been made. I mean, there's a report that uh, I was looking at. Um, it's from a, a San Francisco-based NGO, uh, which monitors or tracks operating utility-scale wind and solar farms, as well as fu- future projects in countries. And that uh, is called Global Energy monitor and uh, this report was released in june and it says china it found that china is showing up its position as the world leader in renewable power and potentially outpacing its own ambition in ambitious uh, energy targets so china has uh, set you know the double to double its capacity and uh, produce 1200 gigawatts of energy through wind and solar power by 2025 uh reaching but then now it it looks like that would be i think a few years earlier than the tw- the earlier target which was, which was 2030 the initial yeah. target yeah so this company or this ngo found out that china may even reach that earlier than the 2030 set target and uh, there's a lo- whole lot more that they have listed out in terms of you know what will actually um ensure that china reaches that goal you know the the, the projects in xinjiang hebei and uh, other parts of the country mentioned the different projects and so i think that is a, a good example to the rest of the world that you can it can be done and so yeah hopefully more countries will follow suit you're listening to roundtable coming up in the second half of the show has your community introduced facial recognition technology to manage entry and have they asked for your consent beforehand well things are about to change as china seeks to regulate facial recognition technologies <laughs> 